In a world full of podcasts, your hosts, Chris and Jordan, are on the search for a truly original podcast idea. A quest to find an auditory experience that will amaze your ears and your minds. A journey to go through every single ridiculous podcast idea we have to find the one that truly stands above them all. The one that can become its own show and eventually replace this stupid one. Thank you, audience, for joining us on Chris and Jordan Need a Podcast. And I'm Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome. Yes, it's your hosts, Chris. And Jordan. And we're here with four hot and spicy podcast ideas for your consumption. Yes. I hope you have your milk ready. I'm not sure what that means. Well, because um, milk is... uh, Milk is generally a good, like, antidote to spicy food. Like, if you oh. eat something really spicy, it kind of, like, helps to, like... I forget the exact science, no, but it yeah, covers your, it's a, coats your taste buds It's or a something. chemical thing. I saw this on Hot Ones. Oh, really? Yeah, they explained it. Soap is a really good thing to put in your mouth when you're oh, oh. spicy. I mean, not to swallow, I think of I'll course. stick with the... I'd stick with the milk. Oh, to each their own. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So what are we talking about today? It's not uh, we're, well, we're pitching some podcasts. We, we are. That is actually our show. And we're doing things a little different today. Yeah, we're mixing it up. I'm going first, everybody. It's a big. Yeah, sorry to disappoint everyone who 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 likes Jordan going first. Um, Look, if you can't take it, don't listen. We don't need you. We have billions and trillions of listeners. <laughs> we're the first podcast to get to that trillion listener mark. <laughs> we have 23 whole followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll talk about later. Yes, First things first. He said sternly. <laughs> we talk about this podcast pitch. Okay. Take it away, bud. And we start with Shakespeare. I'm actually a pretty big Shakespeare fan. Um, I uh, I think Shake- I, I like Shakespeare plays. I, I like I like seeing performances. I like, I've, you know, I've, I've read a bunch of the plays. Took a, took a really good class in college about Shakespeare, actually. Wow. Sounds like you had quite the experience. Yeah. There was this, um, this professor, um, Professor Smith, his name was. He was this... Um, he was he was he was just really he was just really like big personality like he he always had like a hot spicy take Ooh, on Shakespeare. It, did he ever bring milk? Um, no, he never brought milk. But he he was he, a soap guy. Like he it. he always read the plays on like an insanely deep level that we, like, oh, yeah. we had never considered. He would like blow our minds wow. every class. Like, had you considered this? Wow, and I know um, we went to some Shakespeare in the Park things. Well, only we one. We did we went to one. Yeah, but I I enjoy those anyway. The idea, the podcast, Shakespeare, but schlocky, schlocky Shakespeare, or as I have deemed it, schlockspeer. So here's my pitch. We take classic Shakespeare plays. I mean, I think most of them are classics, except for like, uh, I know some people don't like Titus Andronicus, whatever. And we, okay. <laughs> the look you gave I me. mean, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we, and we inject like genre schlocky things into them like we do adaptations they can have the same plot they can have the same script the same dialogue but they're gonna have lasers they're gonna have aliens they're gonna have robots mm-hmm. maybe they maybe they're alien robots who shoot lasers i don't know yeah I and mean, there's gonna be martial arts sense. scenes well so i what, what kind of got me thinking about this was you know we have some we have a lot of pieces of media like movies and whatnot, that are basically just shakespeare adaptations like the yeah. lion king famously is just yes. a hamlet with lions but Man, we we can get stupider than that. 
we need something like I I want Shakespeare like I want okay this is the uh, this is the thing that I've always like had in the back of my head and I say always this is this is for, for a couple <laughs> years now but I thought okay sci-fi Hamlet so instead of a looming war between Denmark and I think it's Norway. Um, there's a looming war between this human space empire and an alien space empire with some alien race called like the Tertaglions or something. Oh yeah, Tertaglions. Yeah, I mean that sounds more like a mafia movie to me. (laughs) Well, guess what? They're turtle space aliens with four arms and uh, antenna. Antennae? Antennae, yes. They could be in the mafia too. So Fortinbras would be a Tertaglion, Mm -hmm. naturally. And instead of like, you know, it'd be the same plot but instead it's like you know hamlet's the heir to this like massive space empire and like a lot of the there could be like, he could be he could be he could he could do the to be or not to be speech like in front of like a dying star or something like viewing it from his private spaceship or whatever like you could add so yeah. much grandiose imagery now i got to say obviously <laughs> there's parts of this that don't fit this you know but you are kind of pitching star wars right now in um, some ways well it, no, Star, Star, no, 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 not, it's not Star Wars. It's not Star Wars. It's, what am I thinking of? Um, if anything, it's probably more like Battlestar Galactica yeah, no, or whatever. I was, I was thinking more dense, dense thing than Star Wars, but this also has some serious Star Wars vibes. Yeah, okay. It doesn't the, have to be the so- dad. He's got okay. some daddy okay. issues. We, 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 could have, we could have mole people. I think you've expressed an interest I in I do have an interest in mole people. So, I've brought this up uh, off air. Ro- Romeo, and, Romeo and Juliet. But Juliet's the Capulets are mole people. Okay, now do the mole people <laughs> exist in the same universe as the sci-fi part? Um, because what about the Tertaglions and a mole person? Like that's really cooking to me. Oh, so like, so like, like none of the main characters are even like human beings. There could be human main characters, but I'm saying like Romeo, Romeo is a Tertaglion. Tertaglion. Juliet's a mole person. Oh my god. That would add so many layers. To yeah, it. that would that could be less accessible. I mean, obviously, this is a podcast where we care about accessibility. Oh yeah, but you know, the possibilities are endless. I agree. And look, there's a crux to my to my thought process here, mm-hmm. because some people might be insulted by the idea of Shakespeare having like dinosaurs or <laughs> or or martial arts. But I mean, first of all, they already do have martial arts battles. I'm just saying we <laughs> exaggerate them a little bit. Um. But here's my argument. Back in Shakespeare's day, yeah, Shakespeare was considered like his plays were considered lowbrow. That sort of theater thing was considered like, um, like blue collar, yeah, shocky yeah. entertainment. Like I, I don't think the word melodrama had been invented at that yeah. point. But people, oh, this melodrama. That was nonsense. the network television of the day. Yes. <laughs> so, what truer way is there to honor Shakespeare's legacy? Than by making his work schlocky again. Yeah, I think make that's Shakespeare, it's reclaiming Shakespeare. Yeah, make Shakespeare schlocky again. That's my <laughs> argument here. I think Shakespeare will be proud to see, uh, I don't know, um, Macbeth, but Macbeth is a human being and Macduff is actually a robot. And it's about conflict yeah. between humans and cyborgs, and it's about human <laughs> arrogance in the face of robotic. Like it's it's another it's a classic like Isaac Asimov story, but with Shakespeare. Oh yeah, and I think this is a great idea, and I, I'm not to spoil uh, a topic that's going to come up later in the episode, but I'm starting to think of Shakespeare as the original postmodernist. What? But we're going to get there, and I'll explain it later in this episode. 
I'm curious to hear this take. You know, I was I thought I was joking when I was talking about spicy hot takes earlier. This sounds like nuclear. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got about 10 minutes till we're going to get maybe or so. I don't know till we're going to get to that. So, you know, get in the car. Keep this podcast on. We're great for commutes and go buy yourself some milk or soap. Strap in tight. <laughs> get that milk and or soap because this takes going to be hot. <laughs> Um, I am very skeptical, but I mean, hey, we're here. We're co-hosts. We're in this for the long haul. Yeah. So, uh, also just an idea. I'm just, I'm thinking about Macbeth again. No, um, cause Macbeth can be like, no man born of the, of the womb or whatever can, can, can kill me. And Macduff can be like, but I am a robot. <laughs> and be like, oh shit. <laughs> Boom! Fits perfectly. Yeah, no, I think we got a lot going on here. Out of this pitch, we've got a great idea for a podcast. <laughs> we've got a nuclear take coming up, and uh, I feel good about this one. Yeah, and I know what I need, and the next time I eat spicy hot wings, milk and soap. Just like Peter Gabriel, you know what you like, and you like what you know. <laughs> milk and soap. Anyway, let's move on. Salisbury Hill. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Salisbury Hill is the milk to our uh, <laughs> early <laughs> prog rock genesis. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, let's, let's get on to that next uh, Yeah, that next so pitch. you're up next, Jordan. What do you have for us? All right. So my first pitch of the day is called Practice Room. Practice Room. Okay. Uh, in this podcast... You and I would, I guess by episode or maybe every season, we would choose a different one, but we would learn an instrument. Mm-hmm. Obviously that we don't know already. <laughs> um, so like, let's say I'm learning accordion. Every I've got to, we take you into the practice room. You're going to get the status updates. You're going to hear me, you know, perform some songs. And I'm thinking this could be like a narrative podcast. You know, we start off and... I tell you, you know, my musical instrument experience and I'm like, I've never come close to learning how to play the accordion and I always wanted to because I've always wanted to be French. Um, <laughs> so those are my motives and now I'm going to learn how to play accordion. Is the accordion a French instrument? I don't know, but I, there's something, you know, it's always in that aesthetic, you know, it's always, you know what I mean? There's always a mime being like, that was my impression of accordions. No, they don't. But it's definitely, maybe it's Polish. Well, this would be part of the podcast. We can learn the history of the instrument. Okay, true. Okay, <laughs> so we're learning. We'll learn where the accordion comes from. Okay, so while you learn to play the accordion, well, they'd be. I wouldn't be like me learning over that. <laughs> it wouldn't happen at the exact same time. Let's yeah. not get ahead of ourselves. Mm. Anyway, so you're getting the status of us learning how to play these instruments. It's, you know, over a story arc, we're going to get the challenges of learning a new instrument. We're also going to get the joy of it. They can be like, we could have teachers, so the teachers will have a role on the podcast. And it could kind of be like a reality TV show where maybe like, I'll be like, I'm good at the accordion. And then it cuts to the guy who's like, he's bad at the accordion. You know, I got to say, I I like this idea more than I thought I would initially, because when I saw your pitch, which was literally practice room colon we learn an instrument <laughs> um i thought it would be like r- just recording the raw audio of us like practicing the instrument i'm like that's just not gonna work <laughs> i mean uh, look this is the maybe second or third time you've done this you need to stop judging my <laughs> pitches based on just what i write in the chat oh, for- forgive me <laughs> forgive me for-, for basing my first impressions based on what the only piece of information <laughs> I have about your pitch. But I like the idea of it being like like a like a blog, like of us learning 
the accordion. Yeah. I, I guess it's got to be the accordion now. I mean, it could really be a new genre of podcasting. It could be the plug, <laughs> the podcast yeah. blog. Oh my god! I think you, I think you just cracked the code Look, here. Here on Chris and Jordan Need a Podcast, <laughs> we're constantly taking <laughs> this business to the next level. Okay, we're innovators, we're ideas guys, but we're also doers. Okay, plugs are the future of podcasting. You heard it here first. If you steal our idea, we will sue you. Um, listeners, I want you to picture an envelope in your mind. And then I want you to picture a giant envelope. Now picture Jordan and I pushing that giant envelope over a cliff. Because we are always, always pushing that envelope. We break the trends and we build new ones. Exactly. People are always following our lead. Yeah. 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 Okay, anyway, back to my pitch. <laughs> yes, so it's going to be a plog about a us plug, yeah. learning an instrument and just like talking about like the struggles of learning an instrument, kind of what we feel about the instrument. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, if you learn guitar, your hands tend to get really sore and stuff like yeah, that. Or, um, yeah, you know, there's always physical challenges, you know, I'm sure that's for every, I don't know how to play that many instruments, but like, I imagine there's some sort of physical, you know, learning how to teach yourself muscle memory on like, uh, keys and, uh, you know, so there's always those types of challenges, but there's also like, everyone gets frustrated when you're learning an instrument, you know, when you're trying to get a song right and you just can't do it. I feel like an accordion is also just a very unique instrument like the way you hold it the way it's played i mean yeah this isn't an accordion centric <laughs> show that's just one example of an instrument i mean you learn the clarinet or no, something see now that you've mentioned the accordion like i, I need this to be an accordion show. <laughs> <laughs> all right i mean <laughs> look no. season one's accordions get we're committing would, to that now would it be more interesting if like we each learned a different instrument like similar maybe like two similar but I, different instruments well what i'm thinking what I originally thought would we would learn um, accompanying instruments. So at the end of the season, we could play oh, a song together. Yeah. So you could do what goes with an accordion, like a clarinet or. A, so we could do like we could do like that's like a klezmer thing. Yeah. I've never played a woodwind instrument. It would so. also be kind of fun if it was two really annoying instruments like the accordion and bagpipes. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Please no. I feel, I feel I feel like we would get tired of practicing bagpipes ourselves. We would just burn out. <laughs> yeah, we would have bagpipe burnout. I think that I think we would get tired of this and you I mean how many instruments could you learn when you're like I'm done with this <laughs> I mean we could do something like uh I mean you I'm looking at the, I mean there's a guitar right 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 next to us so you you you've you can play a, a little bit of guitar, right? Oh, yeah. Well, but I mean, that's a good example of one of my issues with my own idea. I've been trying to learn guitar for maybe like four or five years now, and I'm still just like maybe okay at it. <laughs> so like it can take a long time. Mm. Well, you could. Well, I mean, that, that would give the podcast longevity. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you mean longevity. Longevity. I guess yes, longevity. That's what I said. <laughs> I Duh. think also a way to maybe speed up that process is we get like a tutor in here. Or well, something. yeah, we would need to. Yeah, to, like otherwise it would just be teaching, yeah, ourselves, teaching ourselves would, would just be, be so be boring. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, but I was gonna say that you could learn guitar and I could learn banjo. Oh, that could be. We could start a folk group. Yeah, we could do something like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Or maybe yeah. uh, you know, ukulele and uh, those little clapper things. <laughs> those little clapper things. I guess there's not. What are those called? Those have a name, right? They do have a name, but I'm blanking on it. I am too. So I guess 
I guess we'll just not know. <laughs> so that's uh, that's practice room. Yeah, we could also record. We could record the practice sessions and like add any like bits of audio that do contribute. Oh no, we definitely should. What I was thinking is like we would record those practice sessions and we would use it as. I mean, it would be building a soundscape. Like yeah. you would start with the practice, then you would like fade it down a little bit. And then you'd get us talking about the experience. Conversely, mm. for comedic effect, we could be like, oh, yeah, practicing has been really good this week. Cut to the practice room. It's brutal. <laughs> you know, that's a nice, tasteful, yeah. classic uh, comedy trope. I'm more into this pitch than I thought I'd be. So good good, good work on that. Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm intrigued. You don't need to be so condescending about it. <laughs> that, uh, that was a very good idea, Jordan. Thank, thank you. you for telling us about oh, thank it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, I think it's a good time for us to take a quick break. Yeah, for we our should sponsor. We should hear a word from them before we go on to our next pitch. So yeah. uh, take us away. Have you ever felt an urge to overthrow your monarch or non-democratically elected supreme leader? Have you ever wanted the delicious taste of a good grilled burger at the same time? Well. We have the device slash product for you. Coming this summer, the cooking device that is reshaping the way you think about revolutions and burgers, the Grillotine. Not only can the Grillotine decapitate any king or queen of your choosing, it can also grill their head to perfection and give you the royal burger you have always deserved uh and it should really be noted uh it says here in the copy uh you can cook that head to uh well done medium rare uh extremely rare if you like that red meat so you can have any sort of cooked human head on a burger yes uh pre-orders are being taken now and there are three color variations there is hot pink uh royal blue and uh navy brown the grillotine the best in decapitation grill technology coming soon. Reserve yours today. All right, that was an interesting one. Yeah, I I don't know if that was the best ad we've we've had. I mean, uh, do you, have you had any of their products before? No, nah, never. Honestly, uh, I know I shouldn't say this. This is obviously not on the copy, but I've never heard of them before. Um, okay. I mean, I kind of picked them up on a whim. I thought they maybe sounded interesting, but now that I've heard their ad, I'm a little. I think we might want to drop them. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, we should definitely take the money they gave us for now. Yeah. I mean, they we're not going to give that back. No. <laughs> okay. No. Look, you all need to go do a pump and dump on this shit, okay? Yeah, yeah. Go buy a lot of their product so we can get a lot of money. <laughs> and then this podcast, uh, I guess this will have already come out. So my idea doesn't really work on this Oh, one. no. We're ruined. <laughs> we, we won't pump and dump, but we're, we are going to dump these guys, I think. Um, speaking of dumping, we have more ideas to dump on our audience. That's a, that's a pro-level transition. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so. <clears throat> so you got three here. You've, you got the first toll for the first time and <laughs> the third one also. Yes. And I, just to remind the listeners, we've got a hot take coming up. Yes. Yes. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But anyway, I have made it into the, um, the, uh, the death slot of our podcast. Yes. Number three. <laughs> the death slot. Famously, the, I say famously, I think this is just between me and Jordan, but that seems to be when our worst ideas come <laughs> in. But um, my pitch is called Postpodernity. Now, this is an interesting one. I got to tell you, you know, I know I called you out earlier for this, but 
this, when I think of post-paternity, when I hear that on my ears, I think of paternity. So does this have to do with fatherhood in any way? Um, I didn't envision it that way, but okay. it could. All right. So, all right. So hear me out. So postmodern art, there's a lot you can say about it. It's very confusing. It's very hard to pin down just yeah. because of what it is. You know, it's a, it's a response to modernism, but also it's very like it's supposed to lack authorial style. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be weird and leave you kind of yeah. emotionally confused. Breaks the rules. Yeah, it, it blurs the lines between highbrow and lowbrow art. And I thought, Basically, you know, postmodernism is the bad boy era. Yeah. Of it's, art. Yeah. So, and I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of postmodern responses we have to classic works. I mean, we yeah. just we just talked about Shakespeare, and we have that play, um, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Oh, that's which true. Is, that's yeah, which quite is postmodern. That, what is that if not a postmodern response to Hamlet? Yeah. So, here's my pitch. We take classic works of literature, art, film, TV, whatever. Yeah. And we make a postmodern response to that piece of art. So what's what's a piece of art you love? You know, movie, show, album, painting, sculpture. And it's not it can't be postmodern. No. It okay, means- a sculpture I really like. Okay. Let's talk about Michelangelo's David. <laughs> I think it would be interesting to see what a postmodern response to that would be. So Michelangelo's David but he's wearing like a bunch of like branded clothing. I was <laughs> he's thinking, wearing a Supreme t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a Supreme t-shirt. He's got like a, um, I don't know, what kind of brands are kids into? But could it just be all Supreme? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 he can have the shoes, jacket, the, the shirt. The Supreme makes shoes too. I, I don't know I, much I about the brand. I don't think they do, but guess what? They do now. Yeah, well, they're going to hear this podcast and be like, we need to get that sponsorship, which is good because we can throw away these advertisers. Yeah, that, I mean, let's get Supreme in here because they got, they got mm-hmm. money. And the uh, point is, what is, how is that, Jordan, think about it. We just took that sculpture you loved and we have just broken it down for this <laughs> postmodern age we live in. I mean, thinking about it, <laughs> I mean, there's so many things like that. Like The Last Supper has been postmodernized time and time and time again. Yeah, with like You've got uh, the inherent food. vice pizza scene, which mm. is that or uh, I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah. Or I was thinking like, um, what was that? Um, It was some like Soviet war memorial or whatever that's where someone like dressed up the uh this or like decorated the statue so they look like darth vader and ronald <laughs> mcdonald or something <laughs> all right so this has legs but i i don't know yeah, so, so let's, do, let's maybe think of, wow you know what that's a connection i didn't even think about <laughs> the two things that david and this podcast have in common is that they have legs <laughs> So wait, but you had a spicy hot take you were talking I about. I did have a spicy hot take, uh, and this had to relate to Shakespeare being, yeah. uh, as I said, the original postmodernist. Because you were talking about how, in his time, Shakespeare was the schlock, you know? like He, he was, was the, the lowbrow part of that culture. And in a lot of ways, the things that are postmodern are not coming to us through the most highbrow venues in our culture you know what i mean Mm. and i'm just trying to think about like in shakespeare's time uh is having a guy whose dad haunts him as a ghost is that (laughs) so like you know what i mean that's kind of you just made hamlet sound like the corniest shit ever (laughs) but but i'm just saying on an even more basic level like i i guess i'm saying the standards that make something postmodern 
seem to be relative to the time before it. Postmodernism is relative to the movement before. So I see what you're I, I, I guess, but like you could say like, oh, Shakespeare was before all these artistic movements that postmodernism is a response to. But, but like, OK, uh, think about it this way. If we're saying something is ahead of its time, what are we really saying when we say that? You know what I mean? If Shakespeare is so far ahead of his time, that means he was making something that should have been in our current time. So you're saying that someday David, Supreme David, could actually outshine the original David <laughs> yeah. in historic popularity? Because famously, many of Shakespeare's plays were adapted from other like myths and stories, and now they're the more famous versions. Yes. Well, but so that's another reason why that could be why Shakespeare might have been an original postmodernist is that he was regurgitating from the movements before it and postmodernizing them. I I don't think I agree with this, but <laughs> but we, look, I don't think I agree with it. All I said is I got a spicy hot take. <laughs> yes, you don't agree with your spicy hot take. Oh, who said I had guns? To? I, look, I, I just I, thought of it and I wanted to put it out there. <laughs> I mean, like I don't disagree. I don't know how I feel about it. Okay, fair. I mean, I feel, like, I feel like we're really hung up on David. Is there anything else we could respond to? Well, I was going to ask you, uh, what's a more long-form thing we could talk You know, something where we can really conceptualize something. It's easy to be like, we'll put a Supreme t-shirt on David. Yeah. What's something where we'd have to really find a way to structurally postmodernize something? We could look at, like, a franchise or something that's, like, super in the... Like, we could do, a, we could do like, a postmodern Star Wars. I mean, I was thinking even beyond Star Wars, I think... It, harder than a movie would be because you could just be like we're just changing the story structure in this way i mean something with such a non-linear star wars yeah it's not a a narrative thing it's something or a singular thing Mm. i think an album of music would be really difficult to figure out how to restructure from what it is to postmodernism because it's it's a series of individual things and we'd have to find a way to make the entire album postmodern. Mm. You see what I mean? Okay. So like Pink Floyd's The Wall, but all the tracks are out of order and they're all played with kazoos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. I don't know that postmodernizes it. That just changes the surface level aesthetics of it. I mean, like, how do we make the wall postmodern? I feel like the wall is almost weird enough where it, that's a tougher thing to postmodern. We need we need something a little more mainstream, a little more normal. Yeah, we need to, to do like with the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> like what's a postmodern version of uh, Sgt. Pepper's? What's that going to yeah, look like? Yeah, although couldn't you argue that Sgt. Pepper's is kind of postmodern? God, why are we picking the <laughs> the good out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to go with some. Like, I'm talking about like let's talk, let's do like uh like. Born to Run. That's probably not a postmodern album. I guess we I can don't do think that. So. Yeah. That, I mean, I, know, I think if anything, Bruce Springsteen is one of the most genuine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know a lot of the traits of postmodernism I don't think apply to Bruce Springsteen, except for maybe like yeah, he's too the emo- genre. Bending. He's too emotionally honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's too much just like what you see is what you get. Yeah. So how do we how do we make Born to Run postmodern? And that's what we talk about on the podcast. <laughs> that's episode one. Yeah. Well, it's episode two after. I mean, we don't want to give this away for free. Yeah, Supreme <laughs> David is obviously episode one. You know. Yeah, of course. Then episode two, we're gonna do <laughs> what a postmodern jungle land looks like. Yeah. B- born born to, um, uh, drum. That's per- genius. <laughs> and it's just the drum tracks. 
<laughs> everything. We just sequence everything. Yes. Um, okay. So I think that has uh, some potential. Well, speaking of potential, you have this time. You have the uh, the show stopping final pitch. I know. I've got the uh, end game. I got the podcast to end all podcasts. Yes. The blog you... to end all blogs. Yes. On today's episode of Chris and Jordan Need a Podcast, we invented and ended. Plogs. <laughs> what is more postmodern than that? I making actually a, making don't... a new genre than destroying it instantly. I, I'm actually not totally sure this idea could be considered a plog. Probably not. But, um, well, what is it? Tell us about the idea. Okay, so my pitch is called Extended Universe Theory. Mm. Also thinking of maybe something like Expansion Pack. Um, <laughs> kind of... Oh, I'll, I'll explain the pitch, and then we'll I'll explain why he, I'm not sure about the name thing. Okay. All right, so my idea is we're going to take two universes, cinematic, uh, literature, uh, you know, any sort of thing that has an expansive universe, you know, maybe not even expansive, something that has no, a very small universe, and we can expand it, and we're going to take it, and we're going to match it with a totally unrelated universe, and we're going to find out how they are in the same universe. I don't know if I'm explaining that in a good way, but I've come with examples. Okay. So one that I've been thinking about a lot is how uh, High School Musical and Breaking Bad take place in the same universe. They do? Well, don't they both take place in Albuquerque, New Mexico? I, I guess. And they both involve high schools. So they we do. already have a very loose connection to begin with. Now, my theory is that Walter White is a teacher at the high school musical high school and Aaron Paul and Zac Efron's character, Troy Bolton. And, uh, I'm not sure what Aaron Paul's character name. Is. Are I you forget. saying that they're the same person? Not the same person, but it shows class dynamics, right? Because Troy ah. Bolton comes and this is why they really complement each other. They're not just two random things that happen to be in the same universe. Okay. Mm. These, they're showing three spectrums of the people that live in this town. Troy Bolton, if, I don't know the last time you saw High School Musical. For me, it was three days ago. <laughs> or maybe two days ago. Um, lives in a really nice house. He's rich. He's got his own basketball yeah. court in the yard. You know, this is a wealthy guy. He's gifted. He's just naturally gifted. He's got all the resources he needs to pursue them. He's he a championship play basketball, basketball player. He's a singer. He's a double threat. Okay. We don't know if he can act yet. That's High School Musical 2. Um, I'm just talking about High School Musical 1 for now, okay? But you know what, Bernardo, you know, bring in High School Musical 2. They're at the country club. They're on the golf course, okay? So he could go to any college he wants in High School Musical 3. Look, I know the universe. I know the canon, okay? Uh, so that's one end of the spectrum. Then we've got high school dropout, doesn't have much money. He's kind of a junkie and he's got nothing. He's on the complete other end of the spectrum. He's on the on the on the meth side of the spectrum of New Mexico, okay? <laughs> Quite literally. And then in the middle, you've got a teacher. Now, I don't remember the last time you saw High School Musical, as I mentioned, because I how would I? It's been a but, long time. But uh, we know the theater teacher, Darbus, Miss Darbus. No. <laughs> oh, well, she's a teacher. She's the only teacher we see, except for Troy's dad, who's a gym coach, and they've got more to say about this. But uh, <laughs> she is the peer to Walter White, because they both are teachers at this school. And he's right in the middle. He's a middle-class working guy. And it shows he has two options when he's diagnosed with cancer. He can go the normal route for a clean guy, 
living in this town or he'll you know he's choosing between two ends of the spectrum that's you know part of his decision how he's going to support his family Mm. these two pieces of art are (laughs) so related to each other they're such companions to each other this is happening in so many different universes and i want to explain how the high school musical breaking bad universe fits so many stories so okay um first of all that was an incredible analysis i'm honestly kind of stunned <laughs> but um i i want to i want to ask so with this podcast would we be like kind of envisioning a crossover like so we have these connections no, this isn't crossover I mean, maybe it is technically crossover, but I'm trying to explore the broader universe. Well, okay, because you mentioned like class dynamics and whatnot within mm-hmm. the um, the Breaking Bad High School Musical, mm-hmm. so the BBHSM cinematic universe. Yes. Um, so, so would it just be kind of like an analysis of like what that means that they're in the same universe? Like, I'm not looking for analysis of what it means. That's part of, like, I'm, this podcast isn't about finding two random things that have one or two connections, and we're going to say, you know, I watch things all the time, I'm like, honestly, Vanessa Hudgens is in this, Vanessa Hudgens was in the Rent on TV, (laughs) Rent is a prequel to High School Musical, okay? I'm not looking for that type of nonsense, okay? You know, I'm looking for true reasons why these are in the same universe, and that analysis is part of the argument. How true does the reason need to be? Obviously not, because obviously they're not in the same universe. But, like, I wanted to be like, shit, this is a real thing. Like, you were like, wow, actually, I kind of buy this. I mean, if you really looked into it, obviously you would not find that connection. But, uh, you know, let's see how deep we can get with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, I could see, like, maybe, like, you could make the argument that uh, Alien and Blade Runner are in the same universe. That would be a great one. Both directed by Ridley Scott. Mm -hmm. They both have very bleak depictions of the future. Yeah. um, Where... uh, they both have uh, uh, friggin' androids, cyborgs yeah. that really resemble and, human and beings. And they complement each other because it's what's happening in space and what's happening at home. Yeah, and it could be like it could be like a comparison, you know. And we could think about how the dynamics of being of, of being in space compare to those on on Earth, um, and you know the relationship between the uh, the um, what are the what are the what's the word for the robots in the um, uh in the blade runner movies i'm forgetting <laughs> oh my god uh i can't remember <laughs> damn i don't remember replicant replicant, replicant. Thank you. yeah so yeah. like um you know maybe hey i'm um, ash from the first um, yeah. alien is it's a replicant see now we're this is what i'm looking for i'm looking for real yes below the surface yeah, and also they both have class commentary. You know, they both have that cyberpunk, yeah. like you know, it's the future and technology's advanced, but also like you know, people are still like living in slums. People still have to work crappy jobs, basically just trucking materials in space. Yeah, like you know, there, I, there's a connection right there. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 you you could build this whole universe that basically is about how these kind of very existential sci-fi themes come upon people. And yet also it's in a future that is grounded by the fact we still haven't solved those those problems of capitalism. Definitely. So I so think those are our a, first two episodes. Here we go. <laughs> so that's four pitches. We've now done sixteen podcast pitches. Oh my this was No, a, sorry, that was the twentieth. Twentieth, yes. That was a milestone wow. pitch. 
Honestly, this was like our densest episode by far. Oh, by far. <laughs> I mean, this was also our most postmodern episode. Probably. There were a lot of connections, too. Shakespeare kept coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, partially because we made sure that, I mean, I had a well, you spicy, have a spicy hot, take. hot take. But, you know, Rosencrantz and Gildersturn is a postmodern response. Oh, yeah. You know? So we, Shakespeare. this is a really well thought out planned episode we did. Um, now, yeah. we need to get on to some important uh, logistical stuff. Yes. Some office, you know, whatever. Yes, so housekeeping is what I was looking for. We have a Twitter account. Yes. That is at CNJ need a po- needs a podcast or need a podcast? Um, uh, need a podcast. And okay. it, it's just literally the letters CNJ. Need, need a, podcast. a podcast. Chris and Jordan need a podcast did not fit. That was 13 <laughs> characters too long, I think, if my math is correct. It was many characters too long. So we shortened it. Now it's CNJ need a podcast. Yes. At retroactively. So, so please follow us there. Um, we desperately need support from you good people. And we also have a hotline now. We brought yes. it up. We announced it in our last episode, but it's still there. Mm. Uh, that number is 201 Love Pills. That's spelled L U V P I L Z. Number wise, that's 201 500 7459. Yes. Chris is doing a weird thing with his eye and it's freaking me out. Yeah, sorry. I, I was itching my eye there. It was a litchy. Were you itching the surface of your eyeball? That's freaky. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for listening. Follow us, call us. Yes, please do all of those things. Be our virtual friends. Yes, we need love and support because we are we 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 are starving for it at the moment. Yes, please. And that was our milestone twentieth pitch. Did we bring that up in the first take of this, or <laughs> should I? I think we did. Okay, cool. Talk to you next week. All guys. right, everybody. <laughs> Bye. All music for this podcast was provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. He is also the brother of Fox McLeod.